We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, July the 16th, 2020. On today's show, we continue along with the position unit previews today. I'm breaking down the Gamecocks wide receivers heading in the 2020 season. I'll look back at 2019. We'll also talk about the wide receiver group, meet the wide receivers, talk about the most approved, best overall. Season will be successful if I'll give my overall grade for the group and much, much more. Also, tons of news and notes to get into your listener questions. And we have a fantastic interview, great conversation with Gamecocks commit three-star prospect and Gamecocks commit Jacoby Wright, committed to Frank Martin and the Gamecocks basketball team. I'll talk to him just about the recruiting process, his relationship with Frank Martin, why he chose South Carolina, much, much more. Again, a fantastic conversation with Jacoby Wright. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the best ticket buying app by far, the only ticket buying app I use, and the only one I recommend. Go download the SeatGeek app, go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, Sports are on the way back. I'm optimistic. I'm thinking football is coming back. NFL is going to be here. MLB, NBA, MLS, PGA, all of it. All of it's coming back. And eventually, fingers crossed, we're going to have fans in the stands. We're going to be sitting in there watching these games when you have that opportunity to do so. You want to make sure you can get your tickets safe secure. We're not going to be scalping anymore, right? Social distancing. I don't want to be exchanging tickets with somebody. I don't know who they are. They might have the Rona. I don't know. I don't know. SeatGeek is going to be the way to do it. They got a great ticket rating system, which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting. So never again, again, do you have to scalp or do you have to worry that you're overpaying? You, you know, you're going to know exactly where you're sitting. You're going to know exactly what you're getting the bang for your buck. You're going to know, hey, am I getting a deal? Am I overpaying? What's the whole deal here? SeatGeek tells you. They do all that work for you. All you have to worry about, guys, is going to their website or going on the app. You find the ticket. You find the best deal. Whatever you want to pay, whatever it is, you're going to see exactly what you're getting. Bada bing, bada boom. You click the buy button. They've taken care of everything else for you. It's the new way to buy tickets, and I think in the future, it's going to be the only way to buy tickets. Again, everything's going to go digital. You're going to need to do it, and again, SeatGeek is the best way to do it for you getting your tickets. So again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Let's get it. Thursday. I'm Chris Phillips, host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a packed show. Very, very excited today. Talk about one of my favorite positions on the football field, and that is the wide receiver position. Continue along with the position of previews, breaking down the Gamecocks wide receivers going in the 2020 football season. Also, have a ton of other stuff to get to. I hope you're all having a fantastic day, staying safe, staying healthy. Guys, I don't know what it is, but I, for one, and I'm a, on a cloud right now. You can call it ignorance. You, maybe ignorance is bliss. You can say I'm a crazy optimist, whatever. I think football is happening. I think football 
is going to happen. I am so sure of it. I am so sure. And I'm speaking it out into the world. I'm speaking it in the universe. I'm putting it out there, speaking it into existence. Football is going to happen. I'll tell you guys, if nothing else, if nothing else, you do that on the daily, you speak that on the daily, you speak that positive affirmation out there, hey, football's going to happen. Football's going to happen. You're going to be in a better mood, if nothing else, but I'm speaking it out there. I'm putting in the universe. I think football's going to happen. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm positive. I'm fired up. A week from today, also, we have pro sports returning with the MLB. I'm very pumped about that just to get sports back on TV. So I'm excited. I'm fired up on this Thursday. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Before we get into everything really quickly, as always, if you have not done so, please be sure to go rate the show. Please be sure to subscribe. If you haven't done so, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Go leave your thoughts, your feedback. Go leave a five-star review. For those of you that already done so, thank you so much. But if you have not done so, take five seconds out of your day. Go leave five stars. Or like I said, if you want to leave feedback, whatever it may be, positive or negative, there's things you want to see on the show or things you don't want to see, go leave it there. It's the best place to do it. And again, I appreciate everyone that's already done so. And then again, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed, don't know what you're doing, you want to be sure you're getting the notifications of when the podcast drops. So make sure you hammer that subscribe button. Also, if you're not following us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go subscribe to that. I'm trying to hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Please go subscribe to that. Just be sure to follow, subscribe, like whatever the Spurs up show and everything. But again, those of you already done so, I truly do appreciate it. All right, like I said, fired up. Fired up for today's show. Love talking about wide receivers. It's always been one of my favorite positions on the field. These are the guys, these are the playmakers. These are your big play threats. These are the dudes that are scoring the touchdowns more often than not. Really excited to talk about this group when it comes to the Gamecocks because it's a very intriguing group, and it's definitely a group that has a lot of questions coming in this 2020 football season as well. Let's first take a look back. Let's take a look back at 2019 the statistics. Um, South Carolina coming in the 2019 season was obviously looking at replacing Debo Samuel. I think that was the big question mark and the big storyline. Coming in the 2019 season, Brian Edwards was expected to fill in and be the number one guy, and fill in he did. 71 catches, 816 yards, six touchdowns. His numbers would have been even better had he not gotten injured near the end of the year, but he set basically every single receiving record for South Carolina, set the overall, I believe, touchdowns record for them. Um, I think he did, he did not go a game that he played at South Carolina without a reception, which is just insane when you think about it. Just truly insane when you think about it. So, Brian Edwards, again, leading the way last year for South Carolina, followed up by Shai Smith, 63 catches, 489 yards, two touchdowns. Just going down the list here now, Josh Fan, 19 catches, 171 yards. Chavis Dawkins had 10 catches for 98 yards. Xavier Leggett was a true freshman last year, had nine catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Or Trey Smith, nine catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. Chad Terrell, four catches for 56 yards. And Dak Joyner, who – Changed from quarterback to wide receiver, as we all remember very vividly. Six catches for 46 yards. So, an interesting year for the wide receiver group, and definitely they were impacted by um, Jake Bentley's injury. Obviously, Ryan Holinsky being a true freshman, I think definitely made a big impact on the numbers this group saw as well. Um, but Brian Edwards certainly leaving the way. That is the big loss for this group. Let's meet the wide receivers, though, going in the 2020 football season um, because I think it is a talented group. A lot of question marks, but a talented group. We'll go down the list here. We start out Trey Adkins, the sophomore from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Reed, Char- uh, Reed Charpia. Oh, that's an interesting name. Reed Charpia, freshman out of Columbia. Randricus Davis, the senior out of Atlanta. Tyquan Johnson, the freshman. on Joyner, sophomore. Xavier Leggett, sophomore. Or Trey Smith, junior. Shy Smith, senior. Chad Terrell Jr., Josh Van Jr., and Mike Wyman, the freshman. Um, another guy I want to add on there that I know he's not on the roster right now because I don't think he was a spring enrollee, but Rico Powers, the true freshman, another guy I'm really excited about I'm going to talk about in just a little bit. Um, you guys know how I do on this. Most approved, best overall, season will be successful if overall grade. So let's jump right into it. And I want to start, obviously, with the most approved. Now, this one's interesting because I think you could pick multiple guys for this. Because, like, I'll be honest, I think Shai Smith has a lot to prove because he's taking over as the number one wideout. Is he ready to do that? And I think that's a storyline on its own. But to me, when you take a look at this receiver group, I couldn't narrow it down to one guy, and I'll explain. Because both of these guys, in my opinion, have so much 
to prove to me. And, and, they, and they left so much on the table last year. And that is Ortre Smith and Josh Van. Both of these guys massively, massively underachieved last year. And both of these guys are going to be in your rotation. Most likely your two and three receivers or your three and four or whatever, depending on where Xavier Leggett falls in this rotation. These guys are going to be in your top four receivers. I, I think there's no doubt, unless they're getting beat out by true freshmen, which, listen, it might happen. But these two guys are going to be expected to contribute. Last year, combined 28 catches, 240 yards, and a touchdown. That is simply not good enough for these two guys. We know Ortre Smith, very highly regarded recruit, had a really good freshman season, fell off as a sophomore, dealt with injuries last year. All I heard about Ortre Smith, guys, all I heard about Ortre Smith was this is the best he's ever looked in camp. He's super healthy. He, he's ready to go. He's, he's going to tear it up this year. You know, all that, that, that preseason camp talk that we get so used to. And, I, listen, I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know what the deal was, but he couldn't stay on the field. And he couldn't make a contribution. Again, nine catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. That's what most guys do in a game. That was his season last year. So, again, I don't know if it's that he wasn't 100%, but something's got to give. He's got to be able to stay on the field. He's, he's too gifted an athlete. And I know he dealt with something in his knee, and he's, he's definitely dealt with his injury problems. And if, he's, if he can be fully healthy, I think he could be a major contributor. I certainly do. I certainly think he could be a major contributor. But it's put up or shut up time for him, no doubt. And the same goes for Josh Van. Listen, Josh Van has even less of an excuse. Josh Van, 19 for 171, zero touchdowns. I know he was the, the third option, sometimes the fourth option in that offense. I get it. But, guys, Josh Van at times couldn't catch a cold last year. And we're talking about a guy – listen, I was super excited for Josh Van when he committed to South Carolina. Four-star prospect at the Tucker, Georgia. His highlight tape, circus catches all over the place. This dude made insane catches. And to me, he simply has not lived up to the hype. So I think one of the biggest questions going into the season and why these two guys both have the most to prove in my mind is because – Again, it's put up or shut up time for them. I think it's it's going to be either these guys are going to go out there and contribute and make plays, or they're going to get passed on the depth chart. You know, you hate to put all that pressure on a true freshman, but again, Mike Wyman, Rico Powers. I love Xavier Leggett. I've been high on him all offseason. I talked about Leggett all offseason. I think he can be a big-time playmaker for South Carolina. What does a guy like a Dak Joyner do? Could he fit into, into the rotation? Could he move up? You know, so it's just a shame because both of these guys, I think, have a lot of talent. I think both of them have a lot of talent. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. And now, listen, you have a new wide receivers coach with, with Brian McClendon leaving. So what do these guys both do? Again, you take a look at the roster. They're both juniors. They're both juniors. It's your junior season. It's time to be a contributor. Again, South Carolina is going to be depending on these guys. Ryan Helensky or whoever's under center is going to be depending on these guys. Ortre Smith. I mean, you, you look at the measurables for a guy like Ortre. 6'4", 220. That big body wide receiver that really South Carolina desperately needs Ortre Smith to, to, to step up, to replace a guy like a Brian Edwards. I mean, I was very excited about Ortre Smith last year, no doubt. Extremely excited about Ortre. And then again, Josh Van was very excited about him too. But both these guys, I thought, massively underachieved. And again, Ortre Smith dealing with his injuries, I get it. But all we heard last year was how healthy he was coming in the season. So both of these guys, again, both these guys are absolutely due for big-time seasons. And South Carolina, this offense is going to need these two dudes to step up. You, you just have to. Because, you know – all they've been to this point is names. They, they really haven't done anything of substance, either one of them. And they're just, to me, they were too good of prospects and they're too talented of players to combine for 28 catches for 240 yards and a touchdown, which is what they did last year. Just no excuse. Just no excuse for that. So, Ortre Smith, Ortre Smith and Josh Van, my most approved amongst this wide receiver group. 
Best overall, it's no surprise here. It's Shy Smith. Um, you got to go with Shy coming in as the senior, big play threat. I think he has skills. Um, you know, kind of like a Debo Samuel. I, I really do. You know, I, I picked Shy Smith to be the playmaking threat last year I did in the offseason. I picked Shy Smith to be the guy that was going to replace Debo as, as the playmaker in the offense. Um, I don't think it ever really happened. You know, there were some flashes. His two touchdowns were the uh, the throw that Ryan Linsky had against Alabama where he really thread the needle and Shy Smith caught that ball in the end zone. And then the first play against Tennessee where he takes the slant. And I think you got to see sort of his athleticism and his game-breaking type ability in that Tennessee game on that first play. That's what Shy Smith can do. He can take a seven-yard slant and go 80 yards for a touchdown. That's the type of impact. That's the type of big playability he has. But, you know, 63 catches, 489 yards, two touchdowns last year. I think this is one of the more underrated storylines, and a storyline that's not being talked about enough. But I definitely want to bring it to the forefront since we're talking about wide receivers. One of the biggest storylines and question marks heading into this season is, is Sha Smith ready to be the number one receiver? Is he ready to be a number one? Because, again, Sha Smith has never had to be a number one. There's always been Debo. There's always been Bryant. Now it's his show being the senior. If Sha Smith has an off game, these receivers probably are going to have an off game. That was the one thing I'll say. Brian Edwards, man, he never had a bad day, really. He never had, like, just a complete off game. South Carolina could always depend on Brian Edwards. He was so dependable. Again, had a catch in every game he played in, in his career, which, again, is nuts to say out loud. But, again, I think it's an extremely underrated storyline going into this season. Is Sha Smith ready to be the number one guy? Point blank, is he ready to take over that number one receiver role and fill in the role that Brian Edwards left? Again, he's a much different type of player. Speed guy, which I think can be fine. I mean, that's fine. Listen, I mean, you look back to some of the great Spurrier teams. Some of those teams depended on Alshon-type receivers. Some of those offenses were dependent upon big body, you know, (coughs) not quite as quick, but big body guys that go up get the football. And then a lot of those offenses later, you think about – a Sanders, you think about Bruce Ellington, Nick Jones, depended a lot more on the speed guys, smaller but faster. So it can definitely work either way. So again, the skill set is different, but is Shy Smith ready to take over that number one receiver role? He's going to have to. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, let's move into the season will be successful if, in my opinion, the season will be successful if a number, a true number two wide out and a true number two big play threat out of this group emerges. Listen, do I think Shai Smith is the perfect wide receiver? No. I think he's a, I think he's a very good player. Potential is extremely high. I will say this. I, you know, I do think it's funny. Actually, I'll, I'll save this. I'll save this because we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show. I'll save that. But I think Shai Smith can be a true number one. I think he can be that big play threat. I think he can attract two defenders. Like, I think he has that type of talent. But it's going to be really tough sledding for South Carolina in the passing game if it can't find a true number two guy. Like I said before, I'm very high on Xavier Leggett. I think he could be the next dude for South Carolina, the next big-time playmaker. Already talked about Ortre Smith and Josh Van. One of them has got to step up, if not both. One of them has got to step up. Again, you just they're too good of prospects, too, too good of players to not – be contributors in this offense and on this team. They just are. But I think for the season to be successful, you need to find that true number two guy. You need to find that guy to compliment Shy. You know, listen, again, I think Shy, he's got some stuff. I think he's got a lot to prove this year. But Shy was always just good enough to take the pressure off Brian Edwards completely. It was one of those deals where, hey, go ahead. You want to double Brian? Go right ahead. Shy Smith can beat you with his speed over the top. He kept defenses honest to where they couldn't gang up on Brian Edwards. And I think Brian did the same thing with Debo, very much so. Brian definitely took some of the pressure off Debo and made defenses pay when they wanted to double-team him. So, for this passing game, because, again, I've talked about before, I think it's going to be a run-heavy offense, but you're going to have to be able to pass the ball. What opens up the running game? A, A solid passing game and vice versa. But you got to have that number two receiver. You got to have that number two threat. You got to have that number two 
to compliment Shy Smith to make this passing game go, in my opinion. Um, the overall grade for the unit, listen, I know some of you are going to get pissed off. That's completely fine. But I'm going to call it as I see it. The overall grade for the receiver, I'm going to give him a D plus. You know, it hurts to say that, too. It hurts to say that. But this group, this is the weakest group of Gamecock receivers in who knows. I mean, it's been a while since the receiver group was this depleted, if you will, with this, with this few of proven guys, right? I mean, dude, listen. Listen to these stats. Listen to these stats. Talking about pure wide receivers. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about tight ends or anything like that. Pure wide receivers. Your top five pass catchers, top five leaders in pass catching last year, okay? Three of them were wide receivers. One was a tight end. You lose Brian Edwards, who was your leader. You have Shai Smith back, 489 yards, two Ds. Your next leading receiver last year was Josh Van with 19 for 171. Outside of that, you don't bring back a guy that caught caught more than a, had more than 100 yards receiving from last year. So there are a lot of questions. And to be honest with you, I don't think this group this group needs its young talent to step up. Mike Wyman, Rico Powers. You know, the Gamecocks offense as a whole to me is going to depend a lot on these young skill players. Marshawn Lloyd, again, Wyman Powers. It's going to depend a lot on those guys. They're going to need to step up and grow up fast and play in a hurry. Bottom line. Because, again, you can't really count on Ortre Smith and Josh Van. That they're, you know, you'd like to think so. Again, I just keep saying it. They're just, to me, they're just, they're too good of players. Like, I can't fathom how these guys have fallen off. But you can't necessarily depend on them, so you're going to need those young guys to step up. But, you know, I give the overall unit a D plus. I mean, there's, there's just more questions than there are answers at this point outside of Shy Smith. Because as much as I like Leggett, nine for 80 and a touchdown last year, it's not like he, he you know, blew everybody away. I mean, it's not like he was, you know, some crazy threat. Um, and, again, the question is with Shy, who steps up behind him? I do like Leggett. I like his potential. I think he's a speed guy. We heard a lot about him in fall camp last year. I think he's, he's a guy, again, that could break out and be a big-time playmaker for you. Again, what do Ortre Smith and Josh Van do? What type of impact could a DeCarion Joiner have? But, again, let me just say something and call a spade a spade, guys. When, you, when we're seriously talking about DeCarion Joiner, a quarterback up until last year, and really, you know, played quarterback last year. Let's just he 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 went back to quarterback after week one. When you, when we're seriously talking about DeCarion Joiner, and I know he's a great athlete, but the dude's not a wide receiver. <laughs> like, but when we're talking about him being like the second or third option, that's how you know there aren't a lot of great options at the moment. Okay, l- l- again, just call it for what it is. There are more questions than answers with this group. There's not a lack of talent with this group. Not a lack of talent, in my opinion. There's not. If guys like Ortre Smith, Josh Van, hey, Chad Terrell, haven't even talked about him, Leggett, maybe Chavis Dawkins and Randricus Davis are finally healthy, but I'm not going to hold my breath. But if those guys play it with their abilities, Wyman Powers, there's talent on this team. There's talent in this receiver group. And again, you know what Shai Smith can do. You know what? I mean, I think Shai Smith could be a 1,000-yard receiver. I really do. I think he could. I think he has the talent for it. Will he do it, though? A lot of guys with potential in this group. But we just haven't seen the production we need to see. We just haven't seen it. Again, you returned two guys that had over 100 receiving yards last year. The rest of them under. You only return four receiving touchdowns amongst the receiver group that's not very many (laughs) you know brian edwards had six by himself so you're gonna have to fill that role i don't think one guy i don't think shy smith alone will fill that role either that's why i said again it's so important to have that number two guy step up so again you know 
I give a, I give the unit a D plus. This is probably again the weakest group of wide receivers South Carolina's had in in a real long time. When you think about it, I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, I'd have to think maybe maybe twenty fifteen, probably twenty fifteen, because you know you, you had Cooper. God, I don't even remember who else you had out, outside of Coop. To be honest, I mean, and that that'll tell you right there. I mean. Um, God, I don't even remember. <laughs> was KJ Brent still there? Hell, I don't know. I really don't know. Anyways, yeah, that's probably the last time. But it's been a while. I mean, South Carolina has been known to always pretty much have good wide receivers, have some damn good wide receivers. So, I think this is certainly one of the biggest question marks in the offense, no doubt. And it'll be interesting to see, again, what happens. Again, I think there's a lot. I give them a D plus. Right now, I give them a D plus for the grade. But I think there's a lot of potential in this group. I think there's a lot of potential, no doubt. Lots of potential in this group. But that's just what it is, potential. We got to see it pan out in the field. So it'll be interesting to see how those questions, what answers do we get to our many, many questions we come in the season with. I'm very intrigued to find out. Um, All right. Let's talk news and notes, get near listener questions, and get this interview. Um, news and notes, Stephon Gilmore making the 99 Club. Congratulations, Stephon Gilmore. A little golf clap for you, sir, on Madden 21 that's coming out. Stephon Gilmore rated a 99 overall. I think very deserving. He's the best defensive back in the NFL. Very, very excited about that. As you guys know, it is preseason magazine season. That's one of my favorite times. Um I'm actually very excited to announce also that next week, and I'm making this announcement so late in the show, but next week I will be giving my official, official, official season predictions, and I will have Phil Steele of his magazine. We all know Phil Steele's magazine, I would hope. Uh, Phil Steele will join me on one of the shows next week, probably on the Thursday show, and Brett Sianca. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. If I'm not, you'll hear it correctly on the interview and on the show next week. But Brett will join me on the Monday show. He is a pick six previews. I'm very excited to have both those guys join me. Both very well respected. They do a great job with their, uh, you know, with their magazine, stuff like that. And again, I don't know why I'm making this announcement this late in the show, but I am. But anyways, it is preseason magazine season. Phil Steele naming a bunch of Gamecocks to preseason accolades to his preseason teams. Seven Gamecocks selected the preseason All-SEC team by Phil Steele. I'll go down the list here. Offensive lineman Sedarius Hutcherson, second team. Defensive back J.C. Horn, second team. Defensive back Israel McQuamu, second team. Linebacker Ernest Jones, third team. Tight end Nick Muse, third team. Wide receiver Shai Smith, fourth team. And defensive lineman Kingsley Inigbari, fourth team. He also listed Israel McQuamu as a fourth team preseason All-American. So, Pretty high regard there for Israel McQuamu. Overall, I don't have any beef with these. I, I, I'm pretty content with all of it. Um, I maybe would have had Jamie Robinson on the fourth team, preseason All-SEC team. But, uh, you know, this, this is what I want to talk about earlier, though. Everybody commenting saying, why is Shy Smith fourth team? You know, what in the, what in the world? Like, that's such disrespect. Ball. And, I, like, I get it. We're Carolina fans, and we're, we're, we can be homers at times and stuff like that. But, guys, guys. Stop for a sec. What has Shy Smith done to deserve better than that? I mean, seriously. What, is, what really has Shy Smith done? And I'm not trying to dog Shy Smith, but, like, when you're making a preseason all-SEC team, yo, there's a lot of good wide receivers in the SEC. Breaking news. Breaking news. There's a lot of good wide receivers in the SEC. So – Shy Smith being fourth team, I mean, like I said, his stats last year, 489 yards and two touchdowns. He didn't set the world on fire or anything. So, the fact he's on an all-SEC team, period, I would say is a thumbs up from from me. But, again, seven Gamecocks into the preseason all-SEC by Phil Steele. You have McQuamu in the fourth team preseason all-American list, which is super dope. Um, And then also – Pick six previews, which I'm going to get a lot more into his projections, stuff like that. They are picking South Carolina to finish sixth in the SEC East. Sixth. Oof is my comment to that. Oof. I'll go down the list. He's got Florida finishing first, which is very interesting in itself. Georgia at two, Tennessee at three, Kentucky at four, Missouri at five, 
South Carolina at six, and Vanderbilt at seven. Ouch. <laughs> Just ouch. That's all I can say is ouch. Um, moving on. Some other news. Mike Gillespie, good buddy of mine, does a great job with the local sports media here in Columbia. Uh, report from him. It's just a rumor right now, but apparently there's been a proposal made to have an eight-game SEC season um, plus a rivalry game, which let me get this tweet here so I know exactly. Uh, I don't want to misquote. Okay. Source inside the SEC tells me an eight-game conference schedule plus an option to play a team's non-conference rivalry game is a proposal being considered for football season. Ray Tanner on Sports Talk this week, quote, we'll do whatever we can to maintain the rivalry. This isn't really surprising to me. I thought the 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 thought process, you know, just the, the concept of having a season but not playing your rival, that's especially when it's in state, just seemed it was puzzling to me. I didn't understand it. So I think it's smart that the SEC kind of wised up on this. I, I listen, at this point, I'm not picky. I just want football. I know a lot of people say, hey, what do you think about this proposal? That anything that gives us football, I am a fan of. But I think playing the rivalry games is smart because, listen, again, like I said before, if South Carolina can travel to Gainesville to play Florida, South Carolina can go to Clemson to play Clemson. And, and like, there's just – there's no that, – that reasoning to me, you know, Georgia can play Georgia Tech. Florida can play Florida State. Louisville can play Kentucky. You know, it just – I don't know. I, I think that original proposal, I, I'm glad they're kind of wising up on it, if you will. We'll see, obviously, what happens. I'm sure there will be a lot more conversations and a lot of different things come out, but I think it's good. I think it's smart. I think the rivalry game will happen, like I said on the show Monday. I think it will happen. I'd be shocked if it didn't happen, but I do think it will happen. So, good to see that news there because, again – like I said on Monday's show, I joke about, oh, I don't want to, you know, spare me of the 28-point loss. And, you know, I do say that. But at the same time, it'd, be, it'd just be weird to have a season without the rivalry game. And, guys, honestly, from a content creator perspective, from my perspective, I, I want Carolina Clemson week. Like, I want it. I want to shit talk to Clemson fans, even if we lose. I want that. So, bring it on. Um Recruiting news really quickly, by the way. Something I didn't get to on Monday's show because it came out later on Sunday. George Wilson II, Gamecocks picking, a big, picking up a big-time commit. Four-star defensive end, George Wilson II, 6'5", 214, Green Run High School, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 2021 prospect, obviously. Um, he chose the Gamecocks over Arizona State, Connecticut, Georgia Tech, Indiana. Uh, I think there's a longer list. It's probably more schools. I mean, it, it goes down long down the list. North Carolina, Ole Miss, Oregon, Penn State, Pittsburgh, Syracuse. And yeah, so he had a long list. A lot of schools offered him. This is a really, really good pickup for South Carolina. Obviously, a guy, you take a look at the measurables, 6'5", 214. He'll put on a lot of weight. He'll probably put on a good 30, 40 pounds when he gets to college of good weight, obviously muscle. But you take a look at his film, a guy with a lot of burst, a lot of speed, a, a, a true speed pass rusher off the edge. And again, I've talked about this 2021 class a decent amount and my skepticism of it and my worries about it. And, I, you know, I still think South Carolina is probably going to finish between 30 and 40. I think finishing inside the top 30, unless you really go on a run of getting these kids, getting these blue chippers, is probably not going to happen. But th getting these type of guys is, guys is, is much needed. It's, it's an absolute it, – it's a huge shot in the arm, honestly. For the fan base, too. He now becomes George Wilson II is the highest-rated commit in the 2021 class for South Carolina. Um, and, again, South Carolina gets a really good one. He chose South Carolina, again, over UNC. I know that was one of his schools, and I said it on social media. I was like, my heart could not handle us losing another prospect to North Carolina. So, again, good job by Muschamp, the entire staff, to get this kid in there. Again, 6'5", 214, we'll add on some weight, but he is a true speed rusher off the edge, and you need those in the SEC. We all know that. These are the type of guys you need to get after the quarterback. So, again, very, very good pickup, a guy I'm excited about. And, guys, one thing I wanted to mention as well, we are adding two or three recruiting guys. So, recruiting coverage and recruiting news will increase. You guys know me, and I, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily apologize because you already know this about me, but I'm not necessarily a diehard recruiting guy like a lot of you are and a lot, you know, some people are. So I'm reaching out 
We are going to be adding recruiting guys. We're going to talk more recruiting. I promise. I promise you we're going to talk more recruiting. So I just want to throw that out there. But, yeah, really good pickup. I mean, that kid's a really good prospect. Again, Virginia Beach, Virginia. You go out of the state. And, again, these are the type of guys you're going to have to land. You're going to have to land these type of guys um, in this class. Because, again, I've talked about it before, the in-state talent, kind of lacking this year the in-state talent's lacking so you're going to have to go out of the state and get these blue chippers and again a very very good pickup four-star prospect out of virginia beach virginia um all right let's get into the listener questions have a lot of good listener questions to get to i want to start with brennan underscore smith 47 brennan underscore smith 47 says opinions on mike wyman mike wyman yeah man very excited for mike wyman um a guy that obviously coming in with a lot of hype um, was a very big pickup for South Carolina, four-star prospect, 6'2", 188, out of the state of North Carolina. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's going to be a guy that will have the opportunity to make an immediate impact. There's no question. He's going to have that opportunity. Um, again, very highly regarded prospect, big-bodied kid, very physical. I am excited for what Mike Wyman can do for this South Carolina football team, no question. So um, I think he's certainly a freshman to watch. Uh, another question from Brennan Smith. Do you think Josh Van will break out this year? Because I think he will. I certainly hope so. I, I, if I had to pick between Ortre and Josh Van, I will say I'd pick, I'd pick Josh Van. Just because, you know, again, maybe I was a little unfair early because I, I just don't know physically what he can do. I, I don't know what his health situation is. Um, man, I, I'd like to think Josh Van will break out. I, I really do. I would like to think Josh Van is going to break out. You know, I mean, a kid, like I said, his highlight tape, his film just jumped out, jumped out at you from high school. You know, and again, you might say, oh, well, it's high school. I mean, this dude was making circus catches. Like, we have not seen that at all since he got on campus. So, I, I'm, I'm hoping we see that a few times um, this fall for sure. Cut up, gentlemen, what's Dak's role this year? Big player or depth filler? Well, I'll tell you this. I think if he's a – if we're considering Dak Joyner a big play guy, I'm very worried about the rest of the wide receiver group. Because you're telling me a guy that's played quarterback his entire time at South Carolina is not a wide receiver. You're telling me he's going to come in and automatically become one of our biggest big play threats at wide receiver? I think that speaks a lot more to the rest of the wide receivers than it speaks to how good Dak Joyner is. Now, listen – He's an athlete. I hope they get him the ball in space. I'm not, say, I'm not saying he's going to be a depth filler like he's just riding the bench the whole season. Because I think selfishly, we all want to see him get the ball in his hands. I mean, he's a guy with undeniable athletic ability. But I also don't think he's going to be a guy you're seeing out there consistently in the rotation. Because I think most of the time – you're going to see South Carolina running out there with probably three wideouts. I think it'll be very rare we're out there with four and five wideouts. I just, I just, I doubt it. So I don't think you're going to see Dak Joyner out there a ton, but I'm, I'm really just hoping they find creative ways to get him the ball in space. I, I do. You know, again, I, I'm not expecting him to be like the crisp, the most crisp route runner. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the best wide receiver or anything like that. But he's a guy that could take a bubble screen to the house. Like he has that type of athletic ability. So. I think somewhere in the middle. I, I'm not going to consider him. I don't think he'll be like a big-time playmaker for us, but he's also not going to ride the bench all year. He's not going to be a depth filler. I think he will have his opportunities to, to use his athleticism, at least I hope. So, uh, Wack underscore 17, do you think Leggett will have a huge year? I think he's primed for it. I think he's primed for a really good year. Huge year? I'm hoping Shai Smith the one that has the huge year. But a very solid year? Because listen, listen, listen. After this season, you lose Shai Smith. So you better find that two guy because he's going to be your one guy next year. And that could be a guy like Xavier Leggett. So, yeah, no, I'm excited for him. I think the potential's high. I think he's a guy that could be a big-time playmaker for us for sure. Um, <clears throat> Landor underscore Walters. <clears throat> Who should get the number three spot? I think Shy and X are one and two. Taking Xavier. Shy and Xavier one and two. Who gets the three? I think it's Josh Van right now. If I had to guess, I think it's Josh Van right now. I think he'll be the three guy unless one of these freshmen emerges, which could certainly happen. I, I think certainly Powers or Wyman, it could certainly, certainly happen. So, um, But I'm going to guess Josh Van right now will be the three guy, at least starting out. Uh, Scott W. Lawson, besides the wide receivers, which running back do you see contributing the most receiving yards? You know, Quan White is really good out of the backfield. I think Quan White could be a guy. You know, I think Marshawn Lloyd's a good pass catcher. Um, 
That's tough. I, I think probably Lloyd. I, I just think he's going to be the feature player. I think he's going to be the feature back. So I'm going to go with Marshawn Lloyd. Um, S. Rush seven. Does the pandemic guarantee? Does the pandemic season guarantee another year for Muschamp? No. If, if we lose every game, he's not coming back. I don't care what pandemic's going on. If he loses every single game, no. It's and so there's no guarantees. Does it make it more likely he'll be back? Yes. Does it guarantee anything? No. Not in my opinion. Uh, again, S. Rush seven thoughts on the basketball newcomers: Javon Benson, Patrick Israel, etc. Yeah, again, Jacoby Wright on the show today. Very excited for the class that Frank Martin's brought in. Um, I like where Carolina basketball is at right now. I think they're trending up. Now, you got to do it on the floor. We all know how big of a season this will be, assuming it gets played. We all know how big of a season this will be. This should be a tournament team, in my opinion. But, you know, I I feel good overall about the guys that Frank Martin is bringing in. Um, Last question from Instagram, at least, Ramsey Smith 643 How do you think Josh Van will do this season? Again, It's tough to predict because I'm not depending on Van. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, it's like I'm not depending on Josh Van. I'm not depending on Josh Van. I think he'll have probably another pedestrian year, maybe 300 yards, maybe a touchdown or two. But, unfortunately, I don't think he'll live up to his expectations. Maybe I'll be wrong. But right now, that's what I'm predicting. So, uh, let's jump into your questions from Twitter. Terrence Harris, which receiver will have the most yards and catches? It's Shy Smith easily, I think. Which receiver have the most touchdowns? It's Shy Smith. Uh, it's just, how can you pick anyone else? <laughs> I mean, how can you realistically pick anyone else? Um, Solo Bowen, what receiver do you think will make the biggest jump in yards? That's a very good question. From the stats last year, who will have the biggest jump yardage-wise? <sighs> I think Leggett, because he only had nine catches for 80 yards last year. I think he'll probably have the biggest jump. I could see him having a four or 500-yard season. I really could. So, I think it'll be Xavier Leggett. Although, I do think Shaw Smith will have a big jump, but I think the biggest jump will definitely be Leggett. Um, last question here, Michael Cavalier. I'm expecting Ortre Smith to be back healthy and to have a breakout year to compliment Shy Smith. Josh Van needs to step up. Joyner needs to also have tons of options with his athleticism, like a Farrah Cooper-esque option. Dude, listen, I hope you're right. I hope you're right on Ortre. Because, again, he has so much talent. He has so much natural ability. His build, man. You can't teach that. You can't teach 6'4", 220, bro. You can't teach it. I agree with you, Josh. Van's got to step up. Joyner. There's a lot of look, I mean, there's a lot of guys. This entire core group needs to step up. It isn't just one guy. All of them. All of them do. Shy Smith's got to step up. Shy Smith's got to be better, in my opinion. He's a number one guy. You know, he's got to step up. So I think you make good points, and it, it'll be interesting. I mean, there, there's a lot of names, but there aren't a lot of like dudes a lot of names and not a lot of dudes that's the problem right now so again a lot of questions that'll be answered this season from that group no doubt Um, all right got a fantastic interview three-star prospect Gamecock commit guard Jacoby Wright we had a fantastic conversation again just about you know his recruitment in South Carolina why he chose the Gamecocks relationship with Frank Martin the overall Carolina basketball program a great convo. Jacoby was an awesome kid, awesome dude. I know I, for one, am very, very excited to see him in Garnet and Black. So sit back, relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek once again. Again, guys, go download the SeatGeek app. Go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Again, sports are coming back, and eventually we're going to have fans in the stands when you want your tickets, SeatGeek is the way to go. Nobody's scalping anymore. You're doing everything online. You're doing everything through your phone. You can go on their app or their website, and they make the process super simple and super easy for you. Again, they're going to make sure you get the best bang for your buck. You're going to know exactly where you're sitting, what you're paying, what the person next to you is paying. They're going to give you a deal score, so you know, hey, am I overpaying? Am I getting a steal? Should I go ahead and cop these tickets? Whatever. They're going to take care of all that for you, so all you got to do is pick your tickets, click the buy button, enjoy your event, it's stress-free. It's easy. You'll have that peace of mind when you click the buy button. So, again, you can just go enjoy the event. And I'm also – I'm giving you 20 bucks off. Take that 20 bucks. Go buy some refreshments. Go put some gas in the car, whatever you got to do. Again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. 
Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Enjoy this interview with Gamecocks commit Jacoby Wright. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show, 2021 three-star guard at a legacy charter high school. He's out of Greenville, South Carolina, the seventh-ranked player in the state of South Carolina, and, of course, a Gamecocks commit. I'm very, very pleased to be joined by Jacoby Wright. Again, South Carolina commit. Jacoby, really appreciate you you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Jacoby, I want to start – Obviously, from the beginning with you, obviously, your love of the game of basketball. Obviously, you've turned yourself into a top recruit in the state of South Carolina. Like I said, seventh-ranked prospect in the state. Um, just talk about, you know, kind of your relationship with the game when you first started playing basketball and I guess what's kind of led you to this point now, if you will. I started playing basketball around the age of five or six. Uh, my dad put the ball in my hands. And ever since then, I just kept working at it, kept working. And uh, the love for it grew as I kept getting better. I just – after that, I'm just keep going and keep getting better. When did it click for you that you knew that it was something that, you know, it wasn't just a hobby, like it was something you could really take to the next level, if you will? Probably my uh, ninth grade year of mm. uh, high school, my freshman year, coming in on varsity. Uh, and I was producing, so I was like, man, I, I can really go somewhere with this. I'm, I'm producing now. I can only imagine if I just keep working. Mm. So, obviously, you've had a long list of uh, – you take a look at your offer list. I mean, it's a ton of different schools. Again, you commit to South Carolina, I think, what was it, a couple of weeks ago or a little bit over a month yep. ago, something like that. Um, you commit to South Carolina, obviously, though, and, again, a, a long list of offers. You just talk about the overall recruiting process for you, what that's been like. I know that's something that can be, you know, kind of stressful on guys because you have so many people reaching out to you, so many different people from different directions pulling at you. Um, just talk about what the overall recruiting process uh, has been like for you. Uh, it was it was a little stressful. Um, I ran into some things I didn't expect, but uh, I, I had a good group of people by my side, my family, some coaches that I went to for advice when, you know, sometimes I didn't know what to say or, you know, how to handle certain situations. But, you know, I just – I tried to take it day by day. Um, you know, when you get a lot of schools, the, uh, the coach's job is to, you know, recruit you, try to get you to the school. So with a lot of coaches hitting you up, you just try to – weed out or like figure out which school you fit the best at which uh coaches are taking the time to learn more about you and care about you as a person and player uh i think south carolina really did that they uh they took the time to learn about my family get to know us and i I really felt like i fit there so just all around i feel like that was the best school for me with throughout all my choices and i could have i could have waited a little longer to make my decision could have got some more schools but i felt like uh, South Carolina was everything I, I wanted in the school, so mm-hmm. I went ahead and committed. Now, now I'm just curious. Did you grow up a South Carolina fan? Or I guess what was your familiarity like with South Carolina basketball growing up as a young kid and just, like I said, going into the middle school and then high school ranks? Like, what was uh, what was your familiarity? Because, obviously, you came up when South Carolina 2017 yeah. made that Final Four run. I'm sure you saw yeah. that. Like, what, what did you know, I guess, about Gamecock basketball while you were being recruited? Uh, I can't say I was a fan growing up. Uh I can't say, like, they were one of my favorite teams, but I did definitely know about them. You know, I'm from South Carolina, so it's, it's kind of hard to go without knowing about the school. <laughs> uh, they did have that Final Four run. That's That was big and uh, kind of my decision as well, just knowing that they've made it to a Final Four. I want to make it that far in the tournament, maybe even win. So just knowing that they're capable of getting there and they have that experience is, is big, just knowing that maybe I can help them get back there. And, uh, I, I know a little bit about Coach Frank Martin, just like, he, I know he coached at Kansas State, something about him before that, and then he, he came to South Carolina. But and other than that, I knew a few players, but that's really it. Yeah, I, I was going to talk about Frank Martin really quickly. Obviously, coming into his ninth season, um, very well-respected. South Carolina fans love him, but he's very well-respected just in the game of college mm-hmm. basketball. I'd say one of the better coaches in college basketball. Just just talk mm-hmm. about your interactions with him. Um, we all know his coaching style. Very fiery guy, very aggressive, yep. gets after it, but love you know, loves his players, take care of the yep. players. Like you talk to you talk to anybody that played for him I and mean, they speak extremely highly of him. But just talk about yep. your interactions, um, your interactions with Frank Martin and how you feel like do you feel like your game, your personality fits into, I guess, his coaching style? Right. Um the first time he came and saw me was actually when I was in ninth grade at high school and uh that kind of came back up when he came to my school this year. He was like, I look kind of familiar. And he watched our practice. And I, I did really good that practice, played really well. And I think I left a good impression on him, good second impression on him. 
And after that, we kind of started communicating more uh, through text because he was like, he really liked how I played. Um, some things he saw that day that he told me, I remember uh, defensively, I was picking up my man full court, which is just what we do at our school. Mm-hmm. And South Carolina's big on defense. So he said, I really fit with that. Like, he liked my energy on defense. And just how I was communicating out there, uh, when he's looking at a point guard, he said he's looking for a coach on the court, somebody who's loud that can communicate, uh, just a good a good people's person, get along with all his teammates. So he kind of saw that in me as well. And then uh, he came to a game in uh, Columbia. We played in Columbia. He came to watch that game. Uh, he he kind of liked what I did there. And then after that, I just got on campus a few times, a few visits, and he just that's where he kind of learned more about my family and things of that nature. You know, we just kept building that relationship, talking through the phone more. And he finally gave me that call saying that he would love for me to play for him. And we just kept going from there, and I chose South Carolina. For sure. I know you talked about it a little bit earlier, Jacoby, but just uh, talk about, you know, when you went, I guess you went on your visit and everything, and you, you the relationship mm-hmm. with Frank Martin sticks out. But just what, I guess, what separated South Carolina and made the decision so easy for you to commit to the Gamecocks? Uh, just over time, some things that – stuck out to me and my family was one it's it's my home state and I take a lot of pride in being from South Carolina so just having that across my chest is is big for me um the coaching staff from coach Frank to uh one of the main coaches that recruited me was coach Bruce Shingler Mm. um they great people uh my parents love them so you know that 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 uh played a big part in the decision uh the SEC is a great conference you know I'll be I'll be on TV sometimes. I'll play in front of a big stage, big arenas. So, you know, that's just exciting for any player, I think, to play in that conference. And, you know, Colonial Life Arena, I went to uh, the game against LSU. And oh, yeah. the, the crowd was just amazing. The, the energy was the energy was just amazing. It was up there. So, you know, I, I really just like that. And, you know, it's a lot of other small things like school and all mm-hmm. that other stuff that just played a part in it, having my major and, just the environment. But I just really feel like Columbia and USC is somewhere where I can call home for my next four years, and I'm just comfortable being there. Yeah, You mentioned one thing, Jacoby, I want to ask you about. Obviously, being a guy from the state of South Carolina, and like I mentioned, I mean, you're the seventh-ranked prospect, really highly regarded prospect. You know, I've asked former players about this too, but, you know, obviously, again, you you being a guy right now in the state, um, listen, South Carolina is surrounded by blue bloods. We all know that with Duke and UNC, and they're going to get their guys. But do you think someone like you choosing South Carolina could have a trickle-down effect as far as getting – maybe getting more guys – and it's not that South Carolina never gets – you know, you think of some of the greatest basketball players ever play at South Carolina were from the state. But do you think there there could be – sort of like a trickle-down effect to get getting even more guys to stay home and, like you're saying, take pride in your home state and choose South Carolina versus leaving the state and going elsewhere? Hopefully. I mean, that that's just kind of – I had the choice. I could have, you know, left, went somewhere mm-hmm. else. But I feel like South Carolina is just if – you, if you're from uh, the state, I feel like you can't really go wrong with going to, you know, South Carolina, uh, staying in state, just having that pride. And, you know, it's a big school, and you and you get to play against a lot of other big schools. So I feel like, you know, playing for your home state, you can show out and prove that, you know, South Carolina produces great great basketball players, and South Carolina can become one of the best college basketball teams. And when I'm recruiting, like, these next few next few years or helping and recruiting players from the state, we you know we're going to use that to help us get those players. For sure. So I want to ask you about your game specifically, Jacoby. Obviously, again, you've been a guy playing at a high level for a while. You talked about ninth grade. I mean, you were contributing. How, where, where do you feel like your game has evolved the most, I guess, um, going through the high school ranks? Like, what are the things you've, you've been focusing on, working on most mm-hmm. to, you know, prepare yourself for the SEC level, the college level? Because, again, I'm sure that's been a goal of yours for yeah. a while. Uh, what were the things you've focused on over the last two, three, four years as far as your game specifically? Uh, three, I kind of have three bigger things that I think stick out to me. One is just my body. Uh, the SEC is a very not, and I didn't know I was going to be in the SEC, but now that I know, you know, my body is big, taking care of my body, becoming stronger, you know, guys in college, more athletic, way stronger. So just trying to prepare myself for that as early as I can, becoming more explosive, more athletic. So that's one. My leadership. Going into college, as a point guard, you got to be a, a good leader and be able to lead older guys. You know, coming mm-hmm. in as a freshman, it's not easy to lead those older guys that have been there. But that's just something I'm working on, being more vocal, 
So, you know, all my teammates can hear me on the court, especially when the gyms get loud and, you know, it'll be very loud in college. And then just scoring off the dribble, uh, that's a, another thing I've been working on from all three levels, getting to the rim, mid-range, and uh, three-pointers. It's probably just something I've been working on a lot, along with defense. Defense is always important, especially at Carolina. For sure. I, I know you mentioned earlier kind of what, uh, you know, what Coach Frank Martin pitched to you as far as your role, but did, did he go into any specific detail, kind of where he sees you, what he expects, the type of player he expects you mm-hmm. to be, like how he expects you to fit into into their system, if you will? Or uh, He hasn't said anything specific about, like, roles yet. I think that's right. uh, kind of far off knowing that I, I still have another year of high school. Right, but right, right, for sure. Some things that he did tell me was I definitely have to be vocal, like loud on the court, be a, be a coach on the court. Um, he told me that he likes his guards being able to shoot off the dribble um, within the offense. So, you know, you, you're playing inside the offense, but being able to shoot off the dribble and be a good catch-and-shoot shooter as well is uh, big for him. And uh, defense is, is huge. You know, South Carolina focus on defense. So those are just some, some things that he told me that uh, maybe I could focus on while I'm in the gym or just work, keep working on that it will make it easier for me to fit into this uh, playing style. For sure. I, I'm curious, were you able to make any relationships with any, like the current guys on the roster? I know, again, you know, there were some young guys that contributed this mm-hmm. year and uh, South Carolina, you know, I think, you know, again, this is just assuming everything. The world is is normal, if you will, but, you know, right. there are really high expectations for this year's team. I think it's certainly a tournament team when you take a look on paper. Um, so really excited about that. But were you able to develop like any relationships with any of those guys that are on the uh, the current team, maybe some of your future teammates, if you will? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um so Jalen McCreary, he was a freshman last year. He mm. went to the high school that I attend to now. So mm, okay. uh, me and him have a pretty good relationship. You know, we talk a good amount, pretty good in that relationship. Uh, I talked with Trey Hannibal a little bit. He was a freshman last year. Mm. We don't have a great relationship, but I've talked to him. And uh, some of the incoming freshmen uh, I've talked to, I played against Javon Benson this year. Mm. So, you know, we follow each other. And Patrick Ariel, we should be building that relationship. So I'm just – some of the younger guys, uh, you know, I follow uh, AJ Lawson. He followed me back, but I've never talked to a lot of those other guys. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, you'll definitely get to, you'll definitely become very close acquaintances as soon as you step foot on okay. campus. I, I'm curious, like you said, you went and visited and uh, saw South Carolina play against LSU, and I was at that mm-hmm. game. You can confirm you are right. It was a packed house. That was a fun, rowdy environment. But oh, yeah. you were able to take a look at that game and, you know, see it up close and, you know, watch SEC basketball – when you watch that, I mean, obviously, again, you haven't been there yet, so, you know, you don't have that firsthand experience, but the game is definitely going to speed up, I and mean, I'm sure you know that. Yeah. I'm sure you've had so yeah. many people in your ear talking to you about, you know, this is what's going to happen, this is what to look out for, but is there anything specific for you that you watched that game or watched other games and said, is there anything, like, stuck out to you that, like, hey, this is going to be a part of my game that I really want to focus on, or just this mm-hmm. is going to be a part of the game, period, that, you know, I want to make sure I really hone in on, because it seems like this is really important at that level. Uh, after that game, honestly, it, it was eye-opening, like, the the bodies of mm-hmm. even the guards that really filled out. And I know, like, some of those guys have been in college for three years, four mm-hmm. years. But um, I just saw it's, it's very physical, and I just know I need to – I really needed to improve my body, become stronger. Because even going to the rim, you know, you're going to get hit. You might not get the foul every play. So that's just something I know I got to work on, becoming stronger. And more athletic, like you said, the game speeds up. I need to keep getting faster. And uh, that was just kind of something that stuck out to me that game. And then just being able to knock down open shots off the catch and shoot. You know, sometimes you shot clock might be running down. The longer guys coming towards you, you got to be able to get your shot off pretty quickly. For sure, for sure. I was going to say, it's when you have a guy like Trey Hannibal out there, that'll, that'll, <laughs> that dude's built like a running back. So he is. That's, he, is. He, he, is, <laughs> he is not built like most guards, for sure. Definitely um, not. I'm going to get you out of here, Jacoby. But last thing, what what's the one thing you would say – if you can narrow it down to one thing, what's the one thing you would say you're most looking forward to um, about your time at South Carolina? Uh, just compete, competing and becoming the better, best player in person I can. Uh, just looking forward to getting better every day, getting in there with the team, uh, becoming a great basketball player, and a person as well, just becoming a better person, uh, getting my grades, keeping my grades up. So just just the college experience as a whole, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, you know, basketball, of course, mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, I was going to say winning a lot of games, winning a lot of games. For oh, yeah, sure. winning, definitely winning, definitely winning. Winning a lot of games. Jacoby, really do appreciate you taking the time, man. I know I speak for all Gamecock fans, and I could say 
I'm really looking forward to your next three to four years. It should be, should be a blast. Really glad you chose South Carolina and uh, really, really excited to get you in Columbia. So let's do it again definitely soon. Again, very excited to see you in Garnet Black, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Perfect. So for Jacoby Wright, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the episode of the Spurs Up Show. 